Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back on this nice warm morning. Beautiful day out there if you like the heat. Good day to go tubing down the river. Great day to go to the lake and go water skiing. Um, good day to give our plants a little attention, too. We have three lines available. Number to call for Miss Shira here, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, how to water. If you have something different you're doing at home, we would love to hear from you. 602-277-5827. Hi, Dennis. Hey, Brian, good morning. Morning. Uh, I, I got a two acres of irrigated lot, and um, I, I noticed it this year. I had a little bit of last year. I, I just blew it off, but this year I have a lot. I have these, like, fist-size uh, fungus or spores, and if you kick them or hit them with the lawnmower, you know, they just kind of pop open in, into smoke. Um, is that anything I need to be concerned with? I, I've been here for 30 years and never seen this stuff. Well, Dennis, it was just, you know, because we had this wonderful weather that we're paying for right now with all the rain from last monsoon season right through, you know, June, we had a wonderful wet winter. And so you're going to have more fungus and different things. You know, if they really annoy you, you could treat them with um, a product called Monterey Disease Control. Or if you wanted to treat two acres, you could go out in Waddell and go see Deal's Feed Store there and pick up a product called Double Nickel, which is the same thing. It's just an ag ag label, and it's a bacteria that eats fungus, so you could spray it on there, and it'll eat the fungus up. But uh, chances are it'll probably cycle out anyway. Okay, okay. Yeah, I never had it before, so I'm just going to let it go then, as long as it's not, you know, detriment to anything. No, it, it shouldn't cause any long, long-term long problems. For you. All right. Thanks, sir. Thanks, Dennis. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got Dave in North Phoenix. After Dave, it's wide open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Brian. Can you hear me okay? Very clearly, sir. Okay. I have a mandavia. It's about two months old in a pot in a North Basin courtyard. In this heat, it's really struggling. And my question is, I was wondering, actually contemplating, moving it inside to a south-facing bedroom until the uh, monsoon starts. Well, you know, Dave, if it has no critters on it, no white flies or things, that probably wouldn't be a bad plan. You know, and mandavias are most often here used as annuals just because it's so hard to keep them through the summertime. (laughs) You know, it's it's like buying, there's a lot of different plants like that, but she's like buying a bouquet, you know, and they're beautiful, but they really do suffer. Um, they, they don't take a lot of cold, but with this kind of heat, it's really hard. So anything you do to be kind to, it's probably a good thing. Yeah, I'm watering it twice a week, and it's just really struggling. Yeah, it may need more water than that. Have you repotted it? Um, When I got it two months ago, I put it in a bigger pot. Okay. So you did, did get it So I think I'm just going to go ahead with my instinct and uh, bring it in my self-facing bedroom until the uh, summer monsoon starts. Yeah, it'll probably enjoy it, Dave. All right, you have a good day, and thank you for your show. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, Cynthia in Phoenix. Good morning, Cynthia. Hi, uh, 
nice to talk to you. I have a problem. I have a spa, a citrus tree that I've had in this place for t- over 10 years. It has, it's not taller than maybe seven, eight feet tall, and I take care of it just like the rest of the plants, and it's not getting bigger. It's still alive, and it has produced a little bit of citrus on it. I'm wondering if I should take it out and put in a fig tree. Well, is it an orange? Uh, What it is is uh, sort of a a tangerine. Okay. So it it could be on a dwarfing rootstock. Do you enjoy the fruit on it? Yes, I have. Uh huh. Okay. The thing is, I just wondered, should I take it out and put another tree in, or well, should I just leave it? You know, that's going to be kind of up to you. But if you wanted to do and be all it can be, uh-huh. uh, as soon as this weather breaks a little bit, we got some monsoon going. Go ahead uh-huh. and fertilize it now. Okay, and fertilize it once a month from February okay. through October. Okay. And how do you water it, Cynthia? And what cross streets do you live near? I I have irrigation. Flood irrigation. And, okay. Uh huh. Yeah, at least twice twice a month. Okay, and where, and where do you live? What what cross streets? I live in uh, Central Phoenix, sort of. Okay. Close closer to Scottsdale. Okay, like, give me some cross streets. Oh, sorry. Uh, let's see. Thomas and uh, Oak. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's a really neat little area over there. So what I would do is I'd give it an extra irrigation with a hose. Uh-huh. In between flood irrigations, I'd fertilize it once a month, and you'll probably be amazed how much faster it'll grow. I hope you're right, because I've been doing sort of that, giving it extra uh, fertilizer and water in between. I haven't recently, though, because it's been so hot, but I'll turn the hose on. And is this the time to plant a fig tree? No, <laughs> it's not. Okay. No. Good so Thank if you, you want to plant a fig tree, you want to wait till October. Till October? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, I want to put another tree in, okay. in another area, but I want to block out something in my neighbor's yard, and I want it to get sort of tall um, to sort of block it out. What do you suggest? Well, are you looking for another fruit tree? Or are you looking for a shade tree? What kind of tree are you looking for? Well, I I don't have room for more uh, citrus or more uh, fruit trees because where I have to put it is in a a, a garden. Okay. Because it's uh, the rest of the, the rest of the yard is filled with trees, mm-hmm. and I just wondered. I wanted something spread apart and uh, blocked out what's next door. And how and, and how large you want it to be? How how big will it need to be? I'd say uh, ten feet or more. Okay. Um, can you sure you don't want a lemon tree because it'll grow really fast? <laughs> well. I have a lemon tree, well, but then that's you probably possible. have a, Is well, that a good idea? Well, they're great for screening, and if you wanted, uh, if you have a Lisbon lemon, you could plant a Meyer lemon. But you know, lemons of all the citrus grow by far the fastest. Yeah, they that's make right. a nice green. If you if you enjoy the fruit, you know, then they're uh-huh. good to have. If you don't enjoy the fruit, I wouldn't. Um, you know, for another pretty hardy old style evergreen tree that looks mixed in the garden, kind of nice, is you could use like a fruitless olive. And a what? A fruitless olive tree. Oh, an olive tree. No, I, that'll get huge. Well, if you use a fruitless one like the Swan Hill olives, they don't grow all that fast. Oh. And the nice part with an olive tree is you can keep it trimmed at 10 feet forever. 
So oh. it's it's one that's pretty easy to maintain the height on. So. It won't uh, get so deep in the roots that I have to dig it out later. That's what I just did. I got rid of an olive tree because it was coming into my carport and breaking up the cement. Well, Patricia, here's the thing. I mean, that's Cynthia, uh, when, you, when you keep them pruned, okay, that limits the root growth, too. So when you oh. get it to the size you want it to be, if you'll prune the top, then the roots won't create a problem for you. If you let okay. them just grow wild, then they're, then they're going to get a lot bigger. Okay, what kind of an olive tree are you referring? Will no, it produce olives? No, it's a fruitless olive. A Swan Hill is oh, okay. one that we sell. It's nice, and, it, and it's not as aggressive as some of the other olives are as well. Uh huh. Yeah, I have a couple olive trees. Otherwise, what kind of a lemon? Well, I, I, if you already have a Lisbon lemon, I would use a Meyer lemon. Meyer, I, I think. And, I, and the Meyer makes a really nice soft lemon. It ripens a little bit earlier than the uh-huh. Lisbon does. It's a cross between a lemon and a tangerine, but it makes an excellent fruit. It is good. It is good. I don't have that. Okay, and it'll spread. Oh, it'll very, get... very well. Uh-huh. Okay, that's at least getting some use out of it if I need it. How fast will it grow? Uh, about three feet a year. Oh. So they're, they're not slow. Good. And, yeah. if, and if you wanted to get uh, a little wilder, you could plant a guava. Guava? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's a lemon? Well, no, guavas are guava fruit, you know, like they grow in the tropics in Mexico. Oh, and, uh, okay. But it's a kind of a different fruit, but it's got pretty foliage on it, and it'll uh-huh. easily get 10 feet high as well. Okay, and that will spread a little bit, oh, right? It'll spread fine, yeah. It'll, it'll, do, okay. it'll do the job. Okay, I'll keep that. And this is not the time to do it, though, right? Well, it's hot for the, tri- you know, even the tropical fruits. You know, yeah. normally we'd be planting them this time of year, but not with this heat. So citrus, okay. citrus, we plant them all summer. We plant our groves often this time of year, but not with this kind of heat. And I, this area I'm going to put it in is about uh, two and a half feet wide. I have a border on it. Mm-hmm. Is that still going to be okay for these trees? It is. You're just going to have to keep them trimmed. Okay. So you trim the face of them off. But because you want the height, I think you're going to need that, uh, yes. that yes. size. Okay. okay. That's a good idea. I'll at least get something out of it. Okay. Thank you. Oh, and I appreciate you. your help very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next, we have uh, Linda in Phoenix. Hello, Linda. Linda. Well, Linda, I'm going to put you back on hold. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Linda, John, Don, and Patricia. And if you'd like to be out to Patricia, all you have to do is call Shira at 602-277-5827. Here on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Oh, I could hide the wind. Bluebird as she sings The six o'clock alarm Would never ring But it rings And I rise Wipe the sleep out of my eyes My shaven razor's cold And it stings Thank you. 
delightful uh, Sunday morning if you like the heat. Yes, you can cook your eggs on the sidewalk for breakfast this morning. Even fry a little bacon as well. Uh, Linda and Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Linda. How are you? Well, wonderful in this nice, cool studio. <laughs> Two questions for you. Um, one is, are ladybugs effective for bug control? Because you can buy them at a lot of places, and I haven't, but I'm just curious if those are good. Well, they're, they're definitely a very useful predator insect, and uh, they're a big part of you know what we have that happens out there. We grow a lot of organic citrus. Uh, lacewings, we probably count on the most. Those are little green dragonflies that you'll see around. And they have a larva uh-huh. that's like a little alligator that feeds. Um, ladybugs are also, they'll show up at different times. They're very useful. Pirate bugs are another one. So there's a lot of good, there's predatory wasps. There's a lot of good predatory insects out there. And, um, you know, if you have biodiversity in your garden, like if you have been growing vegetables, if you keep some flowers around, you can have a lot of these insects be there on their own to help you as well. Now, the nice part about being 100 and whatever it is today is it's going to kill most of the insects that are be problematic for us right now. That's good to know. So no ladybugs this time of year. They'll probably succumb to the heat. They'll have heat stroke. Thank you for that. I don't want to kill them. Um, and then I want to create a privacy fence or in my backyard. And I was thinking Ital- Italian cypress or pomegranate trees. Well, Italian cypress have a lot of problem here if you're using them as screen with spider mites. So we don't really recommend okay. them as a screen. How tall would you like for your screen to be? So I don't see my neighbors, probably 10 feet. Okay. So pomegranates will work wonderfully. They are deciduous. They do lose their leaves for a time in the winter, but they make a great screen. It's a traditional old hedge used here a lot with flutter-gated lots. We also use a lot of sour orange trees, which are citrus trees that are trimmed as a hedge. We have a really nice olive tree that you can use as a hedge. You can use hopseed bushes. So there's several options that work well. But if, but if you like pomegranates, they're they're great. In fact, the variety is called wonderful. But I really wouldn't recommend yeah. the Italian cypress. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Linda. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, John in Sun City. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. I have a question for you about a milkweed. Um, I've got a pollinator garden, and the milkweeds are full of what I believe are aphids. Mm-hmm. Not now, though. What can you say again? The aphids are are gone now. So what is on them? Um, little... Not, not you know. I can't imagine too much for a sucking insect that's going to live in this heat very well. That would be on uh, milkweeds, right? You know, they're pretty amazing. The de- you have desert milkweeds or tropicals? No, I have tropicals, and I, I guess I should have planted a desert. Uh, well, the I tropicals can they're be. You know, they're they're great for butterflies and a lot of different things too. Um, does it? And it, it's the butterflies that I was you know trying to attract in the uh-huh. pollinator garden and such. And uh, I wasn't sure if I should try spraying, you know. Uh, no, John, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about spraying anything on a tropical milk. We'll get this time at all. Okay, so just kind of let them go and let them kind of do their thing. And yeah, and, that, and that's really and that's really the joy of milkweeds. I mean, you know, especially when you get out here in the desert and everything else is dead, and you'll go to a desert milkweed and it'll have five or six different species of insect on it. You know, some eating each other and some eating the plant. But it's like the last thing with life on it in the desert. And the tropical ones are great, too, for butterflies and things. And, you know, we're, we're sacrificing the plant to the caterpillars to make the butterflies. But that's that biodiversity thing that really works well, John. So okay. Well, don't spray them. The, okay, got it. That's what I needed to know. I appreciate your help. Thank All you right. so much. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Uh, Don and Goodyear. Hi, Don. 
Yes, good morning, Brian. I had a question regarding my palms. They've been in about um, five five years, mm-hmm. and they're t- starting to turn. The fronds are starting to turn a little brown. I have increased the watering. What variety of palms are they, Don? Uh, pygmy palms, I believe. Okay, pygmy date palms are having a hard time with this weather right now. You know, and increasing the water is a good thing. Okay, and when the monsoon okay. comes up, they'll 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 green up again. They're native to Laos, and they like tropical weather. They don't usually mind the heat, but this much heat for this long is going to burn some fronds. But don't be okay. concerned with it. I would go ahead and fertilize them as soon as the weather breaks a little bit. We get some humidity going, and they'll put out a yeah. whole new head this summer. And you could fertilize the pygmy dates with a twenty twenty twenty, or you could use like twenty one seven fourteen lawn fertilizer. We're great too. Okay, great. And one other uh, question regarding the uh, ficus tree and also citrus trees as far as increasing water at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they new or are they pretty established? Uh, no, six six years. Okay. No, five years. Five years. So I, I don't know what your regular cycle's been, but they should probably be watered deep weekly. Deep weekly. Mm-hmm. For both the ficus and the citrus. Ficus and the citrus for this heat. Okay, and then you can okay. you can go back to a two week cycle on mature citrus, you know when it breaks. But with this weather, I would water deep weekly. Okay, all right. Thank you. I thank, appreciate it. Thank you, Don. Bye bye, uh, Patricia and Mesa. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning, Brian. Um, I have a bougainvillea that my parents had in Tucson, and they planted it in 1969. I brought it up from uh, Tucson to Phoenix, and it's been in my backyard many, many years. I'm older than dirt. But anyway, it's on the west side facing the east, and it is struggling, and it has been just a beautiful bougainvillea, and it seems like the top down through the center is, is looking dried, and there's uh, there's struggling with a few leaves. I have I have watered it, not not regularly, because I know bougainvilleas don't like the water. I've even given it fertilizer, and I know with this extreme heat, is it because it's well over 50 years old? Is this kind of at its end of its lifespan? You know, I don't think I've ever... Um... So, you know, ever I never outlived a bougainvillea to my knowledge. You know, oh, good. other Maybe than ones that were me. killed. Yeah, so I I think it should. Uh, you don't have a gopher around there, do you? No, I do not. Okay. No. So what I would do at this time of year is I would go ahead. You know, like we don't usually have to water much, but I would water it once every week or ten days. Okay. You know, with this heat. Okay. And if you've already fertilized it recently, I wouldn't worry about any more fertilizer. There is okay. a product called Super Thrive. Super Thrive, okay. And, and you can buy it anywhere. And the fellow from the Vitamin Institute who developed that went to Stanford and had his company in L.A. And he, uh-huh. he worked until he was 98 years old. Oh, my. And okay. one of my biggest regrets in life is he asked me to write a little thing and endorse him years ago. And he was going to tell me all about vitamins. And uh-huh. uh, I didn't. And I was very remiss. And, uh, <laughs> and he was a good friend. And I'd see him all the time. And I recommend his products. But, you know, I never I never followed up on that one. But it's a great product, Patricia. It does help. And, you know, it would be something I would use right now in the heat. Okay, and would you recommend that come September when it's about time to to give it a nice trim for a winter bloom that I could probably do it then if it's beginning to kind of change up and I've seen... Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, with Bougainvilleas, I really recommend trimming them the end of August and March, you know, twice a year. Okay, fine. And that way they're controlled and that way you get that beautiful bloom cycle for the winter. 
Yes, yes. Well, that's what I've always done. But but when I've seen this and and looked at it, and I've been trying to baby it, and it just seems like it wants to hang in there. And I wanted to give you a call, but I was I was thinking, well, maybe I was because of its age, it was I was losing it. But it's good to know that I still I can still bring it back, and I'll look forward to doing everything you recommended. Well, Patricia, good luck to you, and, and stay cool. Thank you, and you too, sir. Bye-bye. Thanks. Uh, Timothy and Tempe. Hello, Tim. Hello, Joe. Um, I was just uh, wondering how do leaves fall off of trees? How do leaves fall off of trees? Yeah. Why do they fall off, or how do they fall off? Uh, How do they fall off? Well, usually gravity takes them down, and the wind blows them away from what I've seen. But uh, there's a lot of reasons why they do lose leaves at different times. You know, some trees are evergreens and they shed a little at different seasons and they shed because the sap goes down or comes up. You know, other trees shed because they're stressed and other trees uh, shed just because it's a time of year and it's a seasonal thing. And it works with the daylight. All right. I also got one more question. Mm -hmm. Do trees feel pain? You know, that's really developed, you know, we we do another show, too. And actually, we were talking about how trees actually give off sounds and can talk back to us, you know, and when and when trees are being pruned and different things and when they're stressed in the heat, they do emit sounds. OK, not a frequency that we can hear. So that's an excellent question. And there's some new research on it that you can look up and find on the Internet. We did a story about it a week or so ago. But it was very interesting to me how that they really do. They can, they can kind of feel pain and talk to us. So, you know, whether they actually feel pain in our sense of having their nerve system like ours, no. But can they respond and talk to us back? Yes, they absolutely can. Oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah, look it up on the Internet because it's a real new article, and I think you'll really enjoy it. But it's uh, right. just look it up and just put do plants talk and you will probably can find it. All right. Well, thanks for calling. Thank you, Joe. I'm actually Brian and you are Timothy, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm Brian, but thanks for calling me, Tim. Oh, sorry, Ryan. That's all right. All right. Have a nice weekend. Call back anytime. Those all right, are bye, great Ryan. questions. Bye-bye. Well, and it looks like a Mr. Troy Barrett walked into the studio here, so we're going to take a short break. In the meantime, we do have three lines available. You can call Shira at 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR.
got frost and cold and maybe we should play some winter wonderland songs what do you think i think it'll work <laughs> anyway welcome back folks uh beautiful morning out there we do have two lines uh, available the lovely shearer here on phones and music give her a call at 602-277-5827 christine and maricopa good morning hi good morning brian how are you wonderful christine how are you Good. Um, I have a couple of questions for you. So I live out in rural Maricopa. We have about eight acres um, out by the mountains. And we have issues with rabbits and gophers. Mm -hmm. And they are eating my roses, my paddle cactus, um, agaves. How do I get them to not eat those? Eat them. Eat them? (laughs) Yeah, but you have to eat them in the wintertime. You can't eat them this time of year. You know, they're not, they, they you really don't want to kill or eat rabbits this time of year because if you skin them, you can get, you know, tick fever. So Ew. you can't eat them right now. But actually, they're, they're really good. Little Haas and Pfeffer in the wintertime, you know. And the problem is, Christine, is that we have a plethora of rabbits because we had such a nice spring and all that foliage out there in the desert. And they bred yes. so much that there's a lot more than there normally were. And so yes. to a certain point, you know, we count on our coyotes and hawks and foxes to uh, to do their job. They're supposed to be eating the bunnies. And they're not going to keep, you know, populating. Do you have any coyotes around? Yes, we've got coyotes, and they are not keeping down the population on my property. Well, the problem with the coyotes is that, you know, the the rabbits outbreed the coyotes. Do your coyotes look pretty big and healthy? They are pretty big and healthy because we live out by the dairy farm. Okay. So, um, you know, they really will kind of catch up with them, but you know, you almost have to fence them out. There's repellents and things you can spray on your plants to keep them from eating them, and they work to a certain degree. If you have some special plants, you can mix up some cayenne pepper and spray on them, and they don't tend to like that as well. Um, aside from that, you know, uh, a fast little dog like a whippet or a rat terrier or something, they do a fantastic job. My cousin Joe, who lives in Saw Rita, you know, he's got three small little dogs and one bigger dog, and they, uh, he doesn't have much of a rabbit problem. Yeah, so, so the, the animals actually do a pretty good job. But aside from that, there's not a lot you can do. Um, Great. You, All right, I have one other question for you. I have a new Ocotillo that I've had a couple of months, mm-hmm. and I spray the branches of it every day. Sundays is when I really give it a good soaking, and I do have some cactus food that I put on it. Um, I, I've only done it once since I've had it. It's should I be doing anything different? So yeah, that do, next you, do you have drip irrigation in your yard, Christine? No, no, we're rural and we haul water. Okay, so what you want to do is is put it, get a gallon jug, okay, mm-hmm. and poke a little hole in the bottom, put the top on it so it'll drip, okay, okay, and put a gallon on it a week, just in a jug and let it drip down by the roots on it. Is your ground pretty? Most of that out there's got a lot of ground. Your, your ground drain pretty fast. Uh, yes. So okay. we do have, uh, I did make like a little wall around it to mm-hmm. try to keep water in it. Well, if you'll just take a gallon jug, okay, and just poke a nail mm-hmm. hole in the bottom, put the cap back on, okay, so it, the air is going to go into it slowly, it'll take it a day or two to leak out. Okay, just set it right up against the, the Ocotillo and, and just do that once a week, and that should be plenty of water for you. 
branches. No, you don't need to spray the branches and things. In fact, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're hauling some pretty decent quality water, but the reality is, is that, you know, until the humidity comes up, it's not going to change much, but it's not going to get hurt either. Okay. So, you know, just put a gallon jug out there with a little hole in it. Fill it once a week, you'll be fine. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks, Christine. Uh-huh, bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see, Becky in Phoenix. Good morning, Becky. Hi, Brian. Good morning. I have a question I know you addressed several times, and I hope it wasn't early today. I missed you. But um, regarding a sprinkler system, you had talked about using a tuna can to measure the amount of water that uh-huh. you're getting. How much water would you suggest at this um, I know this is extreme, um, for summertime, for well, you know, back, you it, it, it really doesn't change, but that's what we have to do. Is your lawn fairly level? Yes. Okay. So it's the, for a neighbor, but yes. <laughs> yeah, but the but the tuna can's perfect. Okay, so if you put it out in the lawn, run your sprinklers till you have an inch of water. Okay. Okay. And the best time to run your sprinklers is going to be early in the morning when the temperature is the lowest because we're going to lose the least evaporation. Mm-hmm. And after you put on that inch of water. You can walk out with a screwdriver and push it in the ground. It should go in the ground very easily. And, you know, even with the extreme temperatures we have right now, you might find that in four or five days the ground's dry enough where it needs to be watered again. But you'll probably okay. get at least a minimum of three days with most soils here without having to water again. Okay. And okay. then as the temperature drops, you know, and the days get shorter, which all those things are happening sometime. We don't know when these temperatures are going to drop. Sometime. It, it can't be this hot forever. The days are getting shorter. So um, Please, no. as, as the temperature drops, then it's going to space it out further. But, you know, you can maintain, even if you were only doing it weekly uh, with an inch mm-hmm. of water, a pretty healthy lawn, even with these temperatures. And that keeps the roots down, basically, is what I remember you saying. That's, that's without... the idea. Is, yeah, we're going to lose less yeah. water to evaporation, have our lawns root deeper, and we have less problems with soil fungus and different things, too. So it's by far the healthiest way to grow lawn. Well, that's perfect. So I was going to ask you if there's a guide, but you just gave me the guide. So yeah, the, gu- the guides, you got to <laughs> check. Your... Well, the problem is, is there's all different kinds of sprinkler heads. There is a guide. Yeah. There's, there's one for the uh, AMWA, the Water Use Association. There's one you know, from the University of Arizona Extension Service. But nobody can really tell you how much water your sprinklers put out unless you just check them. And that tuna can is the easiest way to check them. And you could do more on your own that way than any kind of guide. That's so so perfect. Thank you so much for confirming that. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for your show. Bye. Uh, Mark and Chandler, good morning, Mark. Good morning. I wouldn't be surprised if you covered this earlier this morning before. I hey, Mark, in. you know, I, I've been doing this show for like 30-some years, and, you know, we do get new questions, but, but a lot of them I've covered once or twice in my lifetime. <laughs> oh, you, no, you've covered this one. No, I meant earlier this morning. Oh, okay. Well, um, could be. I've got two relatively young citrus trees, one orange, uh, grapefruit, three to six years old. All the yellowing on the top of all the leaves, I... I know it's been real, real hot. Anything I should be doing, is that typical or is something different if it's different this year than past years? No, it's it's, Mark, it's really hot, you know, and this has been a harder, hotter, you know, stretch of weather than we normally have. And so we're getting burn out in our orchards and burns on your trees. You know, if you wanted to help them some, there's a there's a whitewash material you could spray on them, but I really wouldn't recommend it. The leaves that are damaged are already going to be damaged. When the monsoon comes, I'll put out new growth and cover most of that up. And uh, 
But if you're really concerned about the trees burning, you could put some shade screen on them right now, like 20 to 50% shade screen. That would reflect some of the heat, wouldn't hurt anything at all. But uh, you want to make sure that it does breathe well, but you don't have to. The one thing that is critical, though, is make make sure the trunks are wrapped so the trunk's not hitting the sun and the trunks aren't burning. I got enough canopy on that for that. Yeah, it's all the outer leaves. I just didn't know if there's anything different I should be doing other than keeping it watered. Yeah, that's about it. And then uh, as soon as the weather breaks, fertilize them. Thanks. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you, Mark. Bye-bye. Uh, Jessica and Chandler's up next, then Digger and Winslow. Then we've got a couple lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Hi, Jessica. Hello. Hi. Hi, Jessica. Good morning. Um, I have a couple of questions. Um, I had a lemon tree that we've had for about seven to eight years, and we definitely killed it by overwatering, and I think um, probably had some fungus in the in the soil from overwatering with the wet winter and overseeding and getting some overspray from the lawn onto it. Um, we waited about uh, five months before planting a, another tree in that same area. Um, I did put down some like nitrogen fertilizer and things like that before, like after getting the overwatering done when I was trying to save the lemon tree. Um, but the tree we put in there was a Mexicola avocado tree and it did not make it. It lasted about four months. And um, I don't know if it was the soil. I know that well, av- av- avocados, are- Jessica, aren't real hardy here. You know, so okay. you'd be so, far better off if you enjoy lemons to plant another lemon tree. They're much, much hardier than avocados. If we wanted to try avocado again, are there suggestions? Do I need to do something to that soil? Well, the best thing is to move to North County in San Diego up on a hillside. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the weather's quite nice there compared that. to here this time of year. But, uh, no, there, there are there are a few avocados around town, and we're playing around with some different varieties of avocados now. But, truthfully, this is an avocado country. It's too hot and too okay. cold and too dry. Aside from that, they love it. But um, besides, besides, it's too hot and too cold and too dry. You know, they're going to burn okay. up with this heat. They're going to freeze in the wintertime. And they don't like the fact that our air is this dry. So... Okay. This is just not really avocado country, yeah. And, you know, and, and lemons are probably the ease they do better here than, you know, we grow lemons compared with anywhere in the world. You know, the Italians think they grow nice lemons in Italy, and we think we grow some awfully nice ones right here in the desert. We happen to grow, you know, several hundred acres of them commercially here ourselves. And uh, they're easy to grow. But uh, avocados are Do I are, need to do anything? Do I need to try and do anything to that soil before I plant something else in there? You shouldn't probably have to worry about it unless you put too much fertilizer or something in it. But, you know, just dig a, a big hole, leach the soil out if you want to the first time, run a hose through it first, and, and replant. Okay. And as soon as the monsoon starts, you can plant a lemon tree here and do wonderful with them in the summertime. Okay. Um, can I ask one more question? Yeah, absolutely. You're on the line. You got me. <laughs> We also tried um, a couple of grapevines, and they, um, the Thomas, I think it's Thomas, uh, table grapes, and then I can't remember what red I planted, um, but they also seemed, even with a a shade cover, um, did not do well. When did you plant these, Jessica? 
Beginning of June. Okay, that's just too late. So if you okay. want to plant grapes again, wait until October. And grapes do okay. very well here. Thompson Seedless or Flame are really good varieties, very hardly very reliable. Okay. And I think you'll have great success, but plant them in October. Plant them in October. Perfect. I will do that. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Digger and Paul. If you'd like to be after Paul, all you got to do is give a call to Miss Shira. 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM. KTAR. Just like the sun. We're going to be closed today. We're going to take the day off with family and friends. Well, some of us will be out watering, but aside from that, uh, it's a little hot for plant plants today anyway. Um, our regular hours at Woodfields are Monday through Saturdays, 8 to 5.30, Sundays 10 to 4. And you know, we specialize in trees. And if this summer is a little hot for you, we can deliver and plant great big shade trees that will make it cool. And at Woodfields, you can buy time. We have trees all the way up to 72-inch box trees, 30 feet tall. You can buy a little shade right now. If, you know, a tropical oasis is what you're looking for. We specialize in palms. We have hundreds of acres of them growing here. Mexican and California fans, date palms, Sylvester palms, Bismarckias, Sago's been we have beautiful uh, tropical ones, you know, just a wide plethora of them. We have Riverside Sables and Texas Sables and Mexican Blues and a lot of others as well. So if tropical is what you're looking for, we can do desert tropical. Doesn't necessarily use that much water, but sure feels a lot cooler. Whatever your dreams are, come out and see us at Woodfields. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. The East Valley of Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor airport woodfield nursery for four generations growing trees here for arizona's future uh let's see next up digger and winslow good morning digger hey good morning brian how's it going well it's a little warm out there and looking like that forecast you know i was gonna blame troy barrett but i don't think i can blame troy on the weather <laughs> no sure can it's a beautiful 81 degrees up here and what's it gonna hit I'm this digging. afternoon 95 in winslow Oh, yeah, we've been dancing with the 100. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, 95 to 100, something like that. Hopefully we get that monsoon thing coming. 
Oh gosh, it actually rained. I think it was Wednesday. It it just poured for about ten minutes. <laughs> well, hey, ten minutes is better than no minutes. <laughs> oh no, kidding, man. Well, I called you last week, uh, cruising out of Bakersfield, not knowing if my uh, sunflower forest was going to be alive when I got back. And boy, deep water, and man, it didn't lose a plant. Cool. Yeah, yeah. They lasted. Oh gosh, about a week and a half. Well, it it helps to be up at that elevation. It does. And uh, the wind died down enough uh, like a day or so before that I could actually get a deep soak on it. or It would have been a different outcome. (laughs) I'd be crying. You mean the wind was under 60 in Winslow? That's unusual. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Well, yeah, I really appreciated that call from that young man concerning uh, the talking trees and um, the the mycelium network under underground between the the fungus and the trees. It's it's an amazing uh, network of communication. It is pretty pretty. It really is. Well, dude, is. thank thank you for the call and uh, have a well, nice weekend. I, I just had one more. I hadn't uh, uh, given you a feedback on the uh, on my Texas um, oh, Texas oak. Uh-huh. In my uh, arboretum of the Southwest, and with the white leaves, I called you, man, must have been Texas five or white six oak, months okay. ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, and um, yeah, it all came back this spring. The Quercus poly- uh, is it the Quercus polymorpha, the, the Mexican white oak, or which one do you have? No, it's a Texas, and okay. I can't remember whether it was the white or red. Uh-huh. Um, it's probably a Buckley uh, eye. Yeah, Verde uh, Verde Valley Growers, they. I told them where I'm at, and they they suggested one of the two. Yeah, well, they're they're, they're a lot of fun, you know, and the oaks are beautiful up there. They are. Yeah, eventually it's going to be a tree. It won't take that long, and the fall covers are fantastic. (laughs) Right, a lot faster than my... Well, uh, Digger, I'm going to try and get these other colors in before the hour. we got to go, man. Thanks for the call. Good talking with you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Paul and Peoria is up next. Maria and I could probably get one more at 602-277-5827. Hello, Paul. Hello, Ryan. Good morning. Um, I recently planted two desert rose plants in um, pots mm-hmm. about a month ago, and they're struggling now. How do I water them? Very sparingly. That's the, the, the key with those, Paul. The way to kill them is too much water. So they need very well-drained okay. soil. You know, they're a okay. very arid plant where they come from. They really do like to be dry. You know, they normally grow like on route crop, rock route croppings and things like that, where they're never going to retain any moisture. So, you know, even in a pod, did you transplant them into bigger pots, Paul? Yes, sir. Okay. So be careful not to over Probably watered here with this heat about once or twice a week in a container. Okay. Because the uh, leaves are brown. Well, but be be careful that they're not too wet. So even if you want to pull it back out of the container and check the soil and make okay. sure it's not staying wet. And now keep in mind that if the leaves are gone, they're going to use even less water. Okay. So they, And then how much sunlight do they need? Uh, you know, probably best this time of year on a south-facing patio if you haven't had them in the sun before. They'll acclimate to full sun, but you wouldn't want to do it this time of year. So if you want to put them out in full sun in the fall, they'd be fine. Okay, so now pull them out of the sun? Is that what you're saying? Well, if they're in full sun, yeah, they'd be better off like on a south-facing patio where they're getting real bright light and some shade. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next, we've got Maria in Phoenix. Good morning, Maria. 
Ryan. Thank you for taking my call. First time caller, first time listener. Well, and that's I want fantastic. To we, we don't get many of you first time listener callers. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks for calling in the first time. Thank you. Yeah, it's I really enjoyed it. Um, and my question is: one is we have a small front yard that faces west. And we currently have a, a sweet acacia tree there that we are thinking of taking out. And I was thinking of replacing it with a white uh, Chinese orchid tree. Okay. And I wanted to see what you thought of that. Well, um, on the, on the orchid know. trees, Maria, the white orchid, okay, is uh, called candida. But the problem with the white one is that it has uh, beans on it. And the beans are pretty messy. And the foliage can burn in the summertime. So the one that we sell a lot more of is the Hong Kong orchid with the pink flower, and it doesn't produce the beans. So that makes it somewhat cleaner, though it does shed an awful lot of leaves. Mm-hmm. Then um, that versus the uh, desert willow. Well, um, the, de- the desert willow is going to bloom uh, longer. Well, not longer than the Hong Kong orchid, but the, it'll bloom quite a while. The desert willow, um, the most popular one now we have is called Bubba for a larger variety. And uh, it makes a fairly large uh, desert willow and uh, has more of a magenta purplish type flower. So are you, are you specifically looking for the white color? Yes, I really liked that white color. Okay. But, so what you, you could know, use. It's not good when I was. Well, what you could use, yeah. Maria, is called a Texas yeah. olive. Okay, oh, and a Tex- okay. Texas olive is not truly an olive, but does have a fruit, and it's it is fairly messy, but it blooms all summer. It's a cordia, and so this will make about a 15-foot tree with white flowers all summer long, and, um, you know, and it's going to drop some leaves. It's going to drop some fruit. It's going to drop flowers, but if you're looking for a white flowering tree that will flower on the west side would be a good choice. Okay. Um, yeah, no, my husband doesn't want messy. <laughs> well, if you don't. We've had messy for so long. <laughs> well, okay. So if you don't want messy, let, let's kind of change our thoughts a little bit. And some of the cleaner trees to plant in a location like that where you only clean up one week a year and have no litter would be uh, red push pistachio. And a red push pistachio is a nice, big, dark green tree. It'll shade you from the western sun, and it'll drop its leaves in January all in one week. You clean it up, and the rest of the year it sheds nothing. It'll leaf back out typically by the second week of uh, March or so, and, uh, you know, then, it, then it's clean and easy. You know what? I've got to say goodbye because I'm out of time here, Maria. I'm going to okay. take it. I'm going to give you some more information out there. Appreciate all the calls today, folks. And, Thank uh, you so much. I, hold on, I'll take you some more. But um, anyway... Um, you know, kind of a fun thought for today. You know, the mind's kind of like a parachute when you jump out of the plane. It just doesn't work unless it's open. Have a nice Sunday.